I'm just so weird. Thank you, Pastor. I love you. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> You're a good guy. <laughs> good too. I was thinking, well, good morning. Good morning. I'll try to take my glasses off. I have new glasses because I, I, um, I, I was trying to be young or cool or something. And he calls me Papa, but I'm only like 30 years old, so I don't know where he gets that Papa stuff from. <laughs> Go figure. Um, but I, 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 some kind of glasses, I guess they kind of, I don't know what they would. What? Progressive. Progressive, yeah, they regressed me. They didn't progress me. So I said, let's just be old people. I went and got me some bifocals so I could see. So, so now I have these bifocals. I don't have to take them off or try to go like this to see the, to see the thing. I a lot of you have, most of you have kind of met my wife. This is Catherine. <laughs> she makes me happy. So, it's good to be happy. Best if your spouse makes you happy. So, I love you. <laughs> we we do um. God is good. I. So, um, Ryan and I are fighting over who's God's favorite. <laughs> and um, he wins. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit behind, but not that much behind. So. so, you know, this year is the year of family, right, at Osborne Neighborhood Church. But um, I've, I've been here since 1975, I think, I believe. And, and I, have a, I have a really special person that's been here a little bit longer than I have. And that person is Carol Taylor. <laughs> She's probably like, what are you saying that for? But Carol, you know, I, Carol Taylor is my big sister. And I love me some Carol Taylor. And she came today. She called and said, Greg, next time you get to speak, you come and let me know. And me and Mary are going to come and, and listen to you speak. And I love Carol Taylor. I can ask Carol Taylor and Mary to do anything. Oh, yeah. You're my brother. <laughs> when I was in my first year of Bible school and we were coming back from, I went to school in Santa Rosa, and it, I got to ride all the way down to, to Bakersfield and then didn't have a way to get to Los Angeles. And I called Carol, and Carol and Mary got in their car, drove to Bakersfield, and picked me up. Carol is my friend. Carolyn would probably do just about anything for me. That's family. Uh, you know, it's, it's hard to find family. It just is hard to find people that, that will love you and don't care what you do. They don't judge you. They don't try to fix you. They just, you, they just are family. They just love you. I have a, I don't think, I don't know, even know if Jennifer's here, but Jennifer Atkinson has become my daughter. And she calls me Papa Greg. And her kids run in here after service, and they hug me. They used to get around the leg, and now they're up a little bit higher and stuff like that, and they hug my wife. And, you know, we become family. It's, it's, um, and this isn't even my message yet. I haven't gotten there yet. I got to, I got to, I'm going to try to get there by half past. 
But, you know, I was thinking, and, and this is kind of weird, but this is what we do because we're creatures of habit. We come in here on Sunday, we sit in the same seat. We don't get to know the person back there in the back. Or the person in the back doesn't, get to know, doesn't come up and try to know the person in the front. Maybe get a little bit of intermingling. What kind of family is that? That ain't family. That's not family. You know, family would, family would take somebody out to lunch or give them a jingle. Vince, dude, you're rocking the bass, man. What's up with that? <laughs> I'm over there. I'm going, listen to the bass. Vince is rocking the bass. Vince calls me through the week, and every once in a while, and he'll say, hey, great, Pastor, how you doing? Praying for you. And he'll say, hey, can you pray for this or pray for that? You know, it's just, it's just those things that we do that we're supposed to do as family. I hope that's happening. You want that to happen on a regular basis, you know, to, to get in touch with, with um, God's family. You know, all kinds of shapes and ideas and, and fortune and misfortune and, and blessing and, and not so much blessing and stuff like that. But that's family. That's family. If you can't make that claim, you need to, you know, work on, on family business, family getting to know people. I just love this guy. Right? I just, this is, this is that guy you go, is he going to make it? Is he going to make it? You know, we're going to we're gonna get that call one of these days where Vince is, is, has overdosed. Can I say that? Okay. I should have asked you first. But Vince was out there, and, and you know, he's, look, I mean, look at his face. This guy is amazing. He is amazing. God has transformed. God has transformed a man, you know, and, and dropped him right off in his kingdom. And Vince landed running. And Vince is still running towards God instead of away from him, you know. Love me some Donnelly's. <laughs> this little guy came over last week after service. He came over and just gave me a big old hug. And that, that face, that's the best face in town, bud. That, that is just a face. I got my goddaughter right there. You know, this guy's rocking the drums. They got a great auntie, great grandma, cool, tough parents. You guys are fortunate. Good family. You know, I, I could go on and on because I know a lot of you. I don't know you all, but it would be great to know a lot more of you because that's family. You know, we could, we could fake it till we make it type thing, but that doesn't work in real families. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to like me all the time. If you stay around me too much, you probably won't. <laughs> but, but in those times when we're supposed to be family, we're, we're supposed to love unconditionally. You might have some issues and stuff like that, but we're family. And, and we got some integration going on here. Not a lot. Did you guys enjoy um, Black History Month? <laughs> I told my wife I was going to say that. She's like, <laughs> so I have some stories. And you know, I just want to say, you know, um, God's good, but we don't worship God because he's good. We worship God because he's God. You know, we don't worship God for what he can do for us or anything like that. You know, because Paul said in good times and bad times, God is God. 
you know, and, and we worship him because of who he is, because of his great love for us. But I've had hip, double hip replacement surgery and, and um, about, I had my last hip replacement surgery, I think in August, was it August, I think? But the cool thing about it was, if you, if you like surgery and you like going under a knife and stuff like that, you think it's cool, I'm going to tell you a cool story. If you don't like being cut up and stuff like that, then it's not that cool of a story. So, but anyhow, I, this, this still doesn't have anything to do with my message. But, <laughs> but it has to do with God's goodness, and that's the message. So I also had a colonoscopy, and he found a couple of polyps. Is that what they're called? Polyps? But they were benign. And wasn't, you know, the funny thing is that I wasn't nervous, no big deal. Let's go over there, get it over with, whatever, whatever it is, it is. You know, I pray for it and, and ask God to have mercy and all those other things. And so, at right, actually, right after I had the, had the surgery, um, the technician said, you're good. He's not supposed to tell me that, but he told me, he said, you're good. You know, and it got a couple, got a call a couple of days later. <clears throat> he said, you're good. But the thing about the, the surgery was that, I was supposed to have hip surgery three day, three weeks in the, in that time period, and they they gave me the colonoscopy at two weeks, and so my hip doctor was afraid that because there's open wounds down there, when you start cutting more people, could and cutting stuff, you can cause kinds of sicknesses that can cripple you and stuff like that, even though it's a small thing. So I can I can have an attitude. So, but I did really good this time. <laughs> so when my doc, when my, my my hip surgeon and I were talking, and he was getting a little bit upset because they didn't, the hospital didn't communicate as they should not have done that surgery. They should not have done my biopsy. They should they should have waited. But you know, you're talking biopsy possibility, so they went ahead and did it. And so because of that, I had to cancel my hip surgery. And so. I had already had this one done, and so it's eight weeks and have that one done. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, so I had the surgery. I mean, I, I, I had the plans, and the plans got foiled. And so, so the cool part is that the doctor says we have to take you off the list, and, and we'll look and see when we can get surgery for you set up again. And so when they called me back, they said, well, and this is in August. This is in, when was it, August? For the first surgery? Second surgery? The second one? August. August. Get older you get. Forget stuff. Um, so they, they said the soonest we can do it is, is November. And I thought, and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't yell, I didn't scream, I didn't cuss, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. And I said, okay. But when I, when I hung up the phone, I said, Lord, you know I cannot last to November. That was it. I just, that's what I said. I said, I can't last to November. You guys see me walk around here when my hips were bad. It was a mess. You know, bent over. And, and so I got home. I told Catherine. And the next day they called and said, we were able to move some things around and we can get you in. I think it was September. I said, I'll take it. Because that was a lot closer, and, and I, I'm thinking I could probably make it that far. So 
moving on, I was, thinking, I was telling Catherine, and about two hours later, they called me and said, we can do it on the 20th of August. And I needed a three-week gap there. And just to be safe, it was four weeks from the original date. of, um, And so it was no panic. And is the sore going to be open? Are the, the cuts and stuff going to be open? And it just, you know, it's just one of those God is good thing. God sees what I don't see. God sees what we don't see. And God is faithful to, to watch out for us. Yeah. You know, when we can't watch out for ourselves. But the biggest part was that I didn't have an attitude. <laughs> I actually learned something actually became more like Christ for a minute. Probably just for a minute. <laughs> I don't know if there's any more now. So the power of God's love and the distance that Jesus will go to reveal God's love for his creation. Father, we just thank you that you will go the distance, that Christ will go the distance, that it doesn't there's there's no mountain too higher. There's no valley too long. There's no river. There's no ocean that he would not cross to get to us. And so we thank you. I thank you, God, that, that you see what we don't see. You hear what we don't hear. You love like we could never love. And you are God. And you are God alone. So I was, I was the, the, you know, I have all, I got these like four things that I want to get a chance to talk, but I'm not going to get to them because I took too much time talking about that. But when kings, you know, great king, you're the greatest, you like God, the kings, because kings can chop off your heads and stuff like that. The, the servants would call, tell the king that they're God and stuff like that. And what the king would do, he would go down to the water and tell the water to be still. And, of course, the water didn't be still because he ain't God. And so he would come back and he knew he wasn't God. But maybe other people didn't, but they, they worshipped him in the sense that where they had to worship him and stuff. But he wasn't God because he couldn't calm the seeds. He couldn't, he couldn't stop the raging winds. He couldn't do any of those things because he wasn't God. You know, but he was king. Nebuchadnezzar could have been that king and whatever, but they would do that. That's what kings would do way back thousands of years ago. If you're king, you can, you can say stop wind, stop waves, stop all those hurricanes, whatever, and he couldn't do it. So this, you know, this is a story about the, about the um, Jesus gets in the boat after the, well, let's, let's start here because I don't think I'm going to get through all of them, but. And, you, and every, most of you know the story, if not all of you. Um, and it's a story where the, Jesus is in the, in the boat and the disciples get in. They're going to go across the Sea of Galilee to the, I think, to, to Gadarazine Ged, country. Can't pronounce it. But you know what it is if you read the story. It's in Mark chapter 4, towards the end, 35 to 41. And of course, they're going. To, if you know anything about, it, if you read anything about that, I'm gonna give you a lot of knowledge. Knowledge is good. I'm sorry, if, you know, knowledge is good. <laughs> it's good to have knowledge. Jesus, um, God says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. So knowledge is good. Um, we don't search after the mystery of Christ from the Old Testament because we have, we know what the mystery is. We don't have, we don't search after knowledge in the Old Testament just to get knowledge and try to figure out the mystery. The mystery has been solved. 
from ages to ages the mystery is Christ that they were looking for. So when I when I read the scripture and search for knowledge and stuff like that, I know what the I know what the knowledge or the mystery already is. So I want to learn. I want to I want to know what God is about. I want to know about the character of God. I want to know about the about the attributes of God. You should want to know those things because if you know those things, you know more about God. You get you can have more intimacy with God. You don't want to get twisted in your in your idea and your image of God. You have to search the scripture, study to show yourself approved, and work and need not be ashamed. Handle this stuff accurately with, with truth. That's what it says. So they're going across the thing, and, and if you know anything about it, there Mount Hermon and stuff like that is way up in there, and, and the, the Sea of Galilee is like six on your feet below sea level, and it gets turbulent. It can, it can just come up like that. It just, you know, you're going on there, and it's like, and all of a sudden, it's, it, freaked the, it freaked the disciples out. You know, and these and some of these guys are really valid fishermen. They know they've been they've gone across this thing time and time again. Jesus is back in the back of the boat sleeping, and and the writer happens to mention that he's sleeping on a cushion. And the, the good thing, the the cool thing about him saying he's sleeping on the cushion, it actually adds validity to the to the reality of Christ, to the to the um, historical basis of Christ. Just this little cushion because they didn't write like that back in those days. And it just, it just, he just threw it in because he was, as he was watching what's going on, he, he, oh yeah, I remember. There was a cushion there. So he remember Jesus was laying on a cushion. Just a little side thing. We walk by faith, not by sight. So he, can't you see we're drowning, right? You know, they're bailing out water, they're bailing out water, and Jesus is like, he's just chilling. He's like, probably got to lay across. He's, like, he's just, it's resting up. He just had a long day. It's nighttime. It's time to relax. When you're crossing the sea at nighttime, this is like 2,000 years ago. They don't have city lights and stuff like that. These are brave men. These are tough guys. They're going across there. And, um, and, and they, they, they kiss. can't you see we're drowning? He says, yeah. Okay. Peace be still. And the waves stop. And the wind stops. Because only God can do that. Only God can do that. You know, the king couldn't do it. The disciples didn't, couldn't do it. But the king of glory could do it. The God of the universe who made the wind, who made the water, he could do it. And he said, oh, you of some translations say, oh, you have no faith. And I like the one that says, oh, you have little faith. Give them, give them some credit. They had enough faith to wake you up so they didn't die. <laughs> so it's all in the translation. But he said, oh, you have little faith. And, and maybe it was the faith that they just didn't pray. Because it wasn't time for Jesus to die. Jesus wasn't going to die. You know, they were going to make it to the other side one way or another. They made it to the other side. But I don't think they really wanted to get to the other side because this is another part of the story because they know where they were going. They were going to the tombs. Jesus will go anywhere to save someone. You know, and so after their thing in the, in the boat, they're probably beef and battered and they you know and then now we're going to go see the demoniac I think I'm staying in the boat <laughs> have a good time Jesus I'm staying here we just got battered and pushed around and stuff like that and Jesus gets out of the boat and he goes and the demoniac and the guy the man I don't like the word making him a demoniac but the writer does 
sees Jesus coming and starts hauling towards him. And I have this picture of the demons digging their heels in as this guy's running and they're just like a... Uh, and they don't want to go. <laughs> they don't, they don't, this is Jesus coming this way. And, and the guy's running straight towards Jesus. He's like, he's had enough. Everybody's tried to chain him down and do this to him, but nobody's tried to help him. And he has had enough. He has beat himself with rocks and beat his skin and just beat himself to, almost to death. And these demons are going, what is going on? And it's, a, and it's a legion of them. And they don't want to go. The legions can't kill him, by the way. They can't kill him. He's a tough guy. They can't kill him. They don't have the right to kill him. They can't kill him. And they certainly didn't want to run into Jesus. But they did. And he says, who are you? You know the story. They said, we're legion. It's possible they were up to 2,000, from 2,000 to 7,000 people, a legion, 7,000 demons. And he was fighting his way to Jesus because he had enough. Name my, my message would be sunset and sunrise because all of those years, if it was years, this man never saw the sunrise. He never saw the sunset. He was just beating himself. He was running through the tombs, and he just never saw life. He never saw life up until the time he began to get possessed by these demons. He had enough. Have you had enough? Have you had enough? And I'm not talking about being demon-possessed or anything like that. I'm just talking, when life gets hard, run to Jesus, because he's the one that can help you. Have you had enough? And he had enough. And he's like, I'm running to Jesus. And Jesus said, what, who are you? What's your name? And they were legion. And he's like, no more. And he said, throw us into these pigs. And he's, they're trying to bargain with Jesus and tell Jesus what to do. You don't tell Jesus what to do. You know? They're like, let us stay in this territory so they could terrorize some more people. No way. Jesus was like, you ain't terrorizing nobody else today. The terror stops. And Jesus will say that to anybody. Today, the terror stops. January 29th, 1976, that's the day the terror stopped for me. That's the day. That's the day. Run to Jesus. That's the day it stopped. And that's the day it stopped for this man. He ran to Jesus. He hit his knees. And Jesus freed this man. Uh, upwards to possibly 7,000 demons. And he said, I'm tired. I'm weary. I'm frustrated. I'm all beat up. The scars might still be there, but no longer in his heart. No longer in his soul. No longer in his spirit. No longer in his mind. God can make you a new mind. God can make you a new soul. God can make you a new spirit. And if he chooses, God can make you a new body. You know, he can do those things because he's God. He's God and God alone. 
had some other stories. Jesus goes. Jesus talks about the the um, parable of the two sons. We always talk about the parable of the one son. But I'm going to say something really quick about these two sons. Both of them hated their father, which you might not think that's true. One of them hated his brother and his father. The brother goes away. Jesus goes and retrieves him. Or in the end, the story really is talking about how Jesus will go to distance to retrieve us. The big brother was supposed to go and get his little brother. He was supposed to go get that young man. And he didn't. Big brothers are responsible for little brothers. <laughs> I'm waving at your son. <laughs> That's just the way it is. And you rescue your brothers and your sister if they need rescue. In that particular case, or in this particular story, is we rescued because the younger brother said, God, um, Dad, give us our money. Give us, break up the, the money and give it to us. And so he gave the son, the, the younger son, the portion that he was entitled to as things were 2,000 years ago. And then at the same time, he gave the older brother all that he was entitled to. In other words, he gave those two sons everything he had. It was still his kind of, but it was the older son's. We know the story. The older son complained. How did he know his brother was hanging out with prostitutes and stuff? He probably wouldn't look, but he didn't go and rescue. Because he wouldn't. He could have, but he wouldn't. <laughs> Jesus is the big brother. There's a there's a dance called the Dance of the Holy Trinity. And you kind of mentioned it a couple of weeks ago or so. And it's, it's um, like the, the Trinity is always in unity. They're always love, peace, joy, happiness, all of those things. It's, and Someone, if you could look it up, I just looked it up. Because my, my brain just goes, there's got to be more to this. There's something called the divine dance of the Holy Trinity. It can be called other things, but the idea is that the Father, Son, and Spirit share mutual love, honor, happiness, joy, and respect. It is mutual giving and receiving without any jealousy or one-upmanship. That's how we're supposed to do it, by the way, as family. Should I read that again? So it'll go inside our brains? Yeah. They share mutual love. They share mutual honor. They share mutual happiness. They share mutual joy and respect. It is mutual giving and receiving without any jealousy or one-upmanship. This dance, it's a, if you could, if you could imagine, I mean, we jump up and down and I'm, I'm not, she looks at me like, don't you jump up? I can jump up and down actually a little bit. So I'm still waiting another three or four months before I actually do it. But it's like this. Can I use you guys? All right, take you home with me. Oh, just two of you. 
girl. Oh, you know, I read a book called the, um, I forget what it's called. But, <laughs> but the Holy Spirit was a girl. The, the, um, the shack, yes, that's it. Well, they have this beautiful dance. And it's just, and they're, they're in unity all the time. They're just in unity. And one day, the son has to leave. They've been in unity for all eternity. And it just shakes things up. It just, something's not right, even though something is right. Because the son has to go and rescue his creation. And so for 33 years, the son is out there revealing the father. And the Holy Spirit is with the Father, and they're doing whatever they do. I don't know all they do, because I'm just telling the story. (laughs) (laughs) But they do a lot. (laughs) And they're in unity, and Jesus is in unity. But one day, he begins to pray in the Garden of Gethsemane. You can go sit down. We're still holding hands and stuff like that. And he begins to pray in the Garden of Gethsemane. And sweats of blood start to pour down his head, or drops of blood. And it's a scientific name for that, because it actually really does happen. It doesn't happen often, but it's one of those things you have so much stress. He was under so much stress that he started to drop drops of blood. And the stress was because It wasn't, I mean, he's going to go through the torture of going to the cross. But the stress was because he had to leave the divine dance. And he, through all eternity, he was in the Father's bosom. And he danced that dance in unity with the Father. And he had to step out of it. And he stepped out of it for you and for you. And for you, for you, for me, for everyone, everyone. thank you, because I didn't point you out, but for especially you, because you are special. And that's what he did. And and some people have called it the divine dance of the of the Trinity because they didn't know what else to call it. But they see the beauty of it. C.S. Lewis writes a really good thing about it and some other theologians and stuff like that. It's that it, it broke him up. And that's why he said, Father, take this cup from me if you can. It wasn't the cup of the cross as much as it was the cup of separation. Because he didn't go just to hell. He went to the darkness of hell. He went to the other, other, outer part of the darkness of hell to redeem. And while everybody's trying to get out of there, he's trying to get in. Because he has a redemption to do. And he has souls to save. And he has salvation to present. And he comes back. He's crucified and, he's, and he comes back. And he delivers to all of us. Salvation. Come on to me, all that are labor and heavy laden. I will give you rest.
I got, I'm, um, this isn't to you, Nick, but this is a song. I'm, I'm not, you never see me up here in worship time because I'm not. You'll like this song, though. Because, oh, my dove, which art in the cleft of the rock, in the secret places of the stairs, let me see. Like countenance, let me hear your voice, for sweet is your voice. Isn't that, that's a love song. That's God's love song. God loves the sinner. God loves the sinner. Because that was every single one of us. Every single one of us was a prodigal. Whether you came to Jesus at three years old, 25 years old, 70 years old, prodigals. And Jesus brought us in. Because the brother couldn't do it. The father definitely could not do it. He gave up his rights in a sense to do it. But the brother went the distance to bring salvation to this, this world in which he created. Come on, Daniel. <laughs> God is good. It's an open invitation that's been given quite a few times today. Maybe all of us in here are believers. If you don't know Christ, if you want to be, if, you, if you're saying, I've had enough, you can have enough at two years old, you can have enough at 10 years old, you can just say, Jesus, straighten this mess out. It don't have to be anything profound. It's just he sees our hearts. And if you say, Jesus, straighten this mess out, Jesus will straighten this mess out. You can say it privately to yourself. You can throw your hand up in the air and say, me right here. You can tell the person next to you. Jesus has open arms. His nail-scarred arms are open. His nail-scarred hands are open. And, and they're waiting for us. And, and he will give you eternal life. Just like he's given the many of us in here. God loves us. We'll have a song. I think a song. And then we'll be going home, I think. Thank you, guys. I love you. God bless you. So just one more thing. I want to pray. Because God is good. <laughs> All the time, God is good. Lord, we thank you because of your goodness. We thank you that in all things you are faithful. We thank you that you stepped out of eternity, Jesus, to save us, to bring us back to right relationship with the Father. Help us, Lord God, to walk with you, to talk with you, to listen to you, Help us to love you. Help us to trust you. Help us to know that this is the day that you have made and that we can rejoice in this day and be glad because you are good, because you are faithful, 
because your mercy endures forever. In Jesus' name, amen. If you need prayer, I'm sure some people will be up here and pray not for you, but with you. Because it's, already, it's always better to be prayed with than for. So if you need prayer, some, there'll be some folks up here to pray with you. Stand and join and worship. Thank the Lord for the fullness of his grace, the fullness of